Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Hi, church. Happy summer to you. It's amazing that we're in the month of June and we are deep in our series on Jesus. We are looking at Jesus through the book of Mark. And today I want to look at chapter 12 with you. And we're going to kind of dive deep into the chapter and start reading at like verse 41. There's so much content. I hope you're enjoying the reading plan, following along with us as we go. But uh, I want to jump into chapter 12 because we are super deep into our series. And I want to talk to you about Jesus the Observer. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Jesus, the observer. We're going to look at how Jesus views giving today. So we're going to have a giving message today. So I want to jump in with you and let's take a a look at Mark chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 41, reading verse 41 and 42. And here's what it says. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Now, this is kind of a funny scenario if you think about it in our context. You know, when we're in church and the plate is being passed, no one's watching everybody put their money in or no one's standing over your shoulder at the the debit machine when you're doing your giving or no one sees your credit card receipt or whatever it is, your your, um, e-transfer. No one sees any of that. Our giving is quite private. But at this time in the temple, the giving was public and it was no less important then than our giving is now, even though they did it in a different way. Jesus sat and watched. Where was he sitting? Remember, this is Jesus the observer. Where is he sitting? He's sitting in what's known as the the court of women. And so this is the place where everybody could enter, women could enter, but in in the Jewish system of worship, Women weren't actually allowed to go beyond this area. So Jesus sat there. There was probably, you know, 12 or 13 different places to give. And he sat there watching people put their money in. Jesus, the observer. And and then it goes on to say many rich people threw in large amounts. Large amounts. And then we get to verse 42. But a poor widow came and put in two Very small copper coins worth only a few cents. I like that the Bible takes time to explain this woman to us. In the flow of everything that was going on, Jesus draws attention to this woman and the scriptures draw attention to the fact that there were two coins. I like that there's two coins because what it tells me is this poor widow had options. She had a decision to make about her giving. Immediately as she walked up to the treasury area to put her offering in the box, she had two coins. She certainly was poor enough to keep one for herself and only put in one coin, but she took the two coins and put them in. And then let's read on now, and and then we'll spend some time talking about this passage and, and others around it. Mark 12 verse 43 says, Calling his disciples to him. In other words, Jesus says, guys, you got to see this. He calls the disciples to him. I want to show you something. This is a teaching moment. This is a discipleship time. I want you to take a look at this. And Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow 
has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth. And the the New Living Translation says out of their surplus, which is an interesting way of looking at. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, this is an amazing testimony to this woman. And it's so amazing because Jesus is making a point about giving that is really poignant. And it's simply this, giving that honors God should be sacrificial. It wasn't as if those who were giving otherwise were not giving with the right heart or the right intention. But nobody's sacrifice matched that woman's sacrifice at that moment. And see, scholars actually believe that Jesus knew this woman's story that he had observed her other places. And so when he calls the disciples to himself to tell her story, he says it with the background in mind that this is a very poor woman. This is a widow. She doesn't have options. She doesn't have income. She has these two coins and look what she does with them. You see, Jesus is challenging all of us to understand this key principle when it comes to giving. And that is that what Jesus wants is he wants equal sacrifice, not equal giving. You see, what this does is this this means that we can all please God with our giving. We can all honor God with our giving because it starts with the heart, not with how much goes in the plate. It starts with the heart and giving is to be sacrificial. So how do I make sure that my giving is sacrificial? In other words, both gifts, big and small, are commended in the Bible. And this widow isn't commended because she gave small gifts. She was commended because she was willing to give on a, on a great level that cost her something. This widow isn't excluded because of her limitations. The key to giving in a way that honors God is willingness. That's what we see here. She was willing to give. She was sacrificial. She was faith-filled. She offered what she had. In fact, Jesus says of another woman who took an alabaster uh, jar and, and broke it and poured that precious perfume on his feet. And people begin to say, why this waste? Why this extravagance? Why that, that, that very expensive gift? Why that offering? And Jesus said, leave her alone. And this is why. Because she did what she could do. Wow. And that's what we see here with the widow. It wasn't about what she couldn't do. It was about what she had and what she did with it. It was about the willingness in her heart. And willingness is the key. Let me take you to a verse that's going to help us understand this concept of willingness when it comes to giving. And it's here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. And here's what it says. God is working in you. Isn't that good? God is working in you to make you willing and able to obey him. Man, I love this verse. I actually use it a lot personally. I use it a lot when I'm discipling someone, when I'm having conversations with people, because it shows me something. It's saying, uh, what I can do is I can cooperate with a God who's making me. He is helping me. He is empowering me to be willing and able. And I'm going to talk about these two, willingness and ability over the rest of the message, because really 
The key to this kind of giving that honors and pleases God, that causes Jesus the observer to take note, is that there is willingness. So let's talk about that first, willing and able. Let's talk about willingness. You know, there is actually many, many stories of giving in the Bible. In fact, even in the teaching of Jesus, he talks about money more than he talks about heaven or hell. He talks about money a lot. And so the Bible's full of stories about money all the way back to the Old Testament. And now we've talked about this widow and her two little coins. It would have been the equivalent of giving one dollar in our economy. That was all she had and she put her last dollar in the plate. But on the other end, the Bible also speaks of extravagance and giving that, that's quite large. In fact, we're going to talk about the largest offering that was ever given. It was given by King David. And just like the widow gave to the house of God, King David was giving so that the house of God could be built and be furnished and be beautiful for the worship of God. And here's what it says in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 3. Here's what Jesus, uh, what David says. Moreover, because I have set my affection, I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. So in other words, what it's saying here is, hey, I collected all the stuff for the temple. I did everything I could. My son's going to build it. I've got everything ready. But now over and above what I've collected, I'm going to give from my personal wealth, from my treasury of gold and silver. And then he begins to explain how much. And I skipped all that because it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of um, weights and measures that we don't really get or understand. But then he looks to the people and says, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? In other words, okay, I'm showing you what I'm doing. What are you willing to do? Because we want the house of God to be blessed. We want the house of God to be furnished and be beautiful. And so this was the largest offering ever recorded. In fact, if we took the amounts of gold and silver that David gave that day, that one day, that one moment, then it would, it would total $21 billion in our economy. Largest gift ever given on record, even to this very day. He gave it. And so that was a blessing, of course. But, but Jesus stops and talks about this widow. Because whether it was King David's great gift for the temple, or whether it was the widow's small gift for the temple, the principle still remains. And here's where we find it in 2 Corinthians 8, 12. It says, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. So that's the point. The point is the willingness. And this widow gave willingly. She used what she could. She gave what she had. And it was beautiful. And it's not just what to do, but why we do it. It's the heart. It's the motivation. And you know what I've discovered? That if you lose your why, you lose your way. In other words, you may have a strong conviction about something, but if you lose the reason for that conviction, you'll lose the conviction. You, you might be totally convinced of something and, and you know why you're doing it. And then at some point you get discouraged or, or, or you get your eyes off of why you're doing it. And all of a sudden you feel like, what's the point? 
When you lose your why, you lose your way. And this can happen in your giving. And I can't give you your why. (laughs) I would never impose that upon you. That's not right. But I thought what I would do today is I would reach back to a little piece I wrote in 2014 on why I give to this church. I'm going to share it with you today. Why I give to this church. I'm going to tell you my why because I feel like it's important for me so I can keep my way. And, and maybe, it'll, maybe it'll encourage you. Maybe it will resonate with you as well. And why I give to this church. The first reason why I give to this church is I give to this church because of joy. Yeah, the joy that I experience when I give it, when I give to this church. It's so much fun to give. It's a blessing to give. And, um, you know, it's been a, the pandemic has been raging and we've been experiencing that now for, for way longer than any of us want to. But in the earlier days, we were trying to figure out how to connect with people, how to, how to help. We knew so little about the virus. Everyone was really nervous, but how could we do something to bless? And we got to May of last year, like a year ago. So now 13 months later, but 13 months ago, we got to, we got to Mother's Day and we thought about all the moms that were at the Cridge Center for the family. And we said, you know what? We want to do something to bless them as a church. And so the church put together resources and actually our family put together some things as well. And we brought those together to the Cridge and we let our our littlest two, Eden and Mia, be a part of it. And they got to help us. We, you know, we were, we were careful and distance and everything, but we got to put all of these items out on this table. And then the, the women and the mothers were allowed to come and take things from it. It was our way of blessing them. And the cool thing was my kids said to me, I just love the way I feel about myself when I give. I just love the joy I have. I just love to see people's face. I like the way I feel when I give. I like being a giver. And so why do I give to this church? Well, it's the joy because it's more blessed to give than to receive. Isn't that the truth? It's so much more blessed to give than to receive. Another reason why I give to this church is because I really feel like giving is an act of obedience. And, you know, I have to say, I, I've come by this from my own um, mentorship, uh, from my own father. My dad was committed, always committed to giving first priority to the obedience of giving. In fact, I remember my dad, you know, back in the day when you used to get uh, physical checks, not money deposited into your account. My dad would take his check. He would go to the bank. He would cash that check. And then he would take 10% of that and he would drive down to the church and he would drop it off at the office. And he did it every payday. And I just learned that through the summer months, I could go with him. Sometimes, maybe he was doing it intentionally, but I have these vivid memories of going with him to the church office to give that money. And so I never questioned it. And and, and I, I still do that. I give my 10%. I give my tithe to the church. And I've never questioned that. Why? It works for me. It works for me. It's a blessing to me. It's a joy to me, but it's also an obedience. It's an obedience to say, God, everything I have is yours. And all you require is 10%. I get to keep 90. That seems like an amazing deal. You've given me so much. And so I, I, it's not based on the law, but it's based sort of on the idea that, man, I just want to give and I want to do it in a way that makes sense. So for some of you, that might be a great challenge. 
You might need to rethink the way that you use your money. You might be making more now than you were making before. And you got to ask yourself, am I, am I still kind of in that 10% margin there? Maybe you might say, oh, Andy, that's an old way of thinking. That used to apply in the Old Testament. And, and maybe you're unsure about how you feel about the idea of tithing. And that is totally fine. I want you to work within your own convictions. I just know that the Bible teaches that we are to give in proportion to our income. And so you figure out what that means for you and you give. But why do I give to this church? Because the one I have surrendered my life to instructs me to give. So I give out of obedience. I give out of joy. I give out of obedience. Another reason why I give is because I believe that when I give, I'm blessed. There's a blessing for me. Malachi 3 teaches me that God's going to pour out a blessing on me more than I can even contain. And he also said, I'm going to protect your crops. And so what, what that means to me in my world is that when, when I trust God with my finances, when I give, I know that I'm blessed. I also know that I'm going to have overflow. And I also believe that what I have is going to be protected. He's going to take what I have and, and, and make it more for me, make it protected, make it last a little longer, make it go a little further. And, and I've seen that time and time again where I give to God and God protects what I have. And that can be the the same for you as well. Can I read you a verse out of Deuteronomy? And I think this verse will be helpful to you. Let it be an encouragement to you. It's Deuteronomy 15.10. Give generously to them and do so without grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Oh, isn't that a good verse? Man, this is such a good point. Give without a grudging heart. And then when you do that, you're going to be blessed. And and not just blessed in some areas, in your work and in everything you put your hand to. Boy, I want the blessing of God. So why do I give to this church? Because giving positions me for God's blessing and protection. I want that. I want that. That's why I give. Another reason why I give to this church is because I'm in a covenant relationship. I'm in a covenant relationship. In other words, I can't do life with everyone. I can't invest in everyone. I can't fast. I can't pray and cry with everyone, but I can with you. You're my family and I'm in a covenant with you. I'm a part of this church. We do this together. And so why do I give to this church? Because I am in covenant with God and with you. And that's important to me. I want to honor that. Another reason why I give to this church is because I love the vision. I believe in the vision of this house. I I believe that what we do here works, that we are seeing lives changed. Even in this pandemic, we are seeing lives changed. We've heard so many stories. And not only are we reaching people here, but we're reaching people around the world. I love our vision for kingdom builders. I love the missionaries we support. I love the local outreach we do. I like it. I I just believe in it all. and And I love it. I love the vision. And so why do I give to this church? Because I believe in the vision of our church. I also give because I know that I'm an example. You know, the truth is people talk about you. (laughs) I'd like to say that they don't, but they do. You know they do. I know they do. So what do I want them to say? What do I want them to say about you? What do I want them to say about me? You know what I want them to say about me? I want them to say he was generous that he gave wisely, that he gave freely, 
that he was someone that you could believe would do what he said he would do. And he was someone who could be trusted with more. I'm an example. And here we are talking today about Jesus, the observer. Jesus is watching. And I want to be a good example to Jesus. So why do I give to this church? Because I want my contributions to match my convictions. Do you understand that? I don't want to say I believe and not give to what I believe. I want to give to what I believe in, what's foundational and most important to me. And what this world needs more than anything is Jesus. And the local church is the hope of the world. I give because of eternity. That's why I give to this church. When I see Jesus, I want him to say, hey, Andy, you did well. I gave you things. I gave you Victoria. I gave you a great family. I gave you superior intelligence and striking good looks. Well, maybe, maybe that, that's a stretch. But I gave you resources. I gave you a great church. And, and you did something with what I gave you. I want to hear well done. So that's why I give to this church. I want to hear well done. So here's my why. I'm laying it out for you. Because when you lose your why, you lose your way. And so let me talk to you again about why we're here. Because God wants to give you the willingness and the ability to obey him. So I've talked about having the willingness. And now let's talk about having the ability. You have the ability to obey God in giving. And there's a danger here. The danger is that sometimes we want to give emotionally or uh, we want spontaneous giving. But I really think that one of the best things we can do is give intentionally. You see, the widow showed up with her gift. She decided ahead of time what she would give. She showed up with her two coins and she said, these are going to God. And so I want to just give you now a little bit of a context for this uh, from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So there's a few things I want to point out in this verse. The first thing is that the encouragement here is to give what you have decided to give. In other words, the concept here is pre-deciding. We've talked about this before. I'm going to pre-decide to give. I'm not just going to show up and wait to see if the service moves me or if the sermon is great. I'm going to pre-decide and I'm going to give faithfully what I've pre-decided to give. I'm not going to only give because the video was, was really, really good and it made me cry. But I'm going to give because I've pre-decided to give. The verse also says that you should not give reluctantly. In other words, it can't be like Scrooge where you're just don't want to part with your coins, right? It can't be this sense of like, oh, okay, fine. I have to give. I don't want to. That's an attitude that we need to address because that's a heart issue. It's a gut issue. And then it also says don't give out of compulsion. In other words, don't give without thinking. Don't give just without counting the cost. pre Decide. I love this concept, pre-decide. That's giving intentionally. And then let's look at the reward of that. It comes in 2 Corinthians 9, 11, just a couple verses down. It, the Bible promises this, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Isn't that a great promise? Another good, in other words, God responds to make you rich in every way 
In other words, the extra stuff goes to the pre-deciders. Let me say that again. In other words, God responds when you pre-decide and he makes you rich in every way. So come on, why don't you join the pre-deciding group where you pre-decide what you're going to give and faithfully do that. So we're going to give intentionally, but also because we have the ability to give, we're going to give with faith. We're going to give with faith. Now, this widow, she gave all that she had to live on. Now that is great faith. And Jesus saw this. I'm sure God looked after her because she acted in obedience and faith. But I want to be clear here. (laughs) The example here can lead us astray. I don't want you to hear your pastor telling you that you need to give it all. Give everything you have. That's what faith looks like. I want to be clear. The example here is not to give to the point of poverty. The point is to give to the point of faith. See, as an act of trust in the God who owns it all, you can give and you can give with generosity, but giving should cost you something. Do you see that here? This widow gave sacrificially. And I got to be honest, sometimes I feel like we give if there's extra. We give what's in my pocket, right? We don't predecide and we don't give with faith. We give in convenience and we give out of the surplus. And so I don't think that's the best way to do it, friends. I think we need to give in a way that we feel it. Maybe it means I'm not going to do something that I have been doing. I'm going to cut back a little so I can give a little more. And what that does is that changes things. That accesses my heart in a new way. And it, and it proves to God that money is not more important to me than him. You see, most of us, we have to say, God's been so good. Hey, hasn't he been so good to us? Yeah. And we have the ability to give. We actually have the resources. You have resources right now. You are blessed. You have the ability to give. But do you have the willingness? That's really what this all comes down to. Jesus commended this widow doing the little that she could willingly and feeling like, I'm not, I'm not helpless. I have the ability to give even though it's small. And Jesus said it was amazing. It was amazing. I want to pray for you. And, and I want you to actually engage with me in prayer. Because I think that one of the most important things you could do right now is to simply say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Like Jesus called his disciples over because he didn't want them to miss this picture. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? In other words, what would intentional, faith-filled, sacrificial giving to God's house look like for me? Yeah. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, I've been praying for you and I want to pray with you right now that there would be a new willingness in your heart that matches your ability. And so let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the Christians watching those who love you, Jesus, those who who are joining you in this observation. And just like the widow, Jesus, you're observing me. You're observing us. 
Help us to respond in a way that would honor you and would be a testimony to others. Lord, thank you that you've blessed us so that we can be a blessing. And I pray, Lord, for that one who's really suffering right now. And financially, there's a really tough place that they've landed in. God, I believe that you have miracles for us. And just like you took care of the widow, we're going to trust that you're going to take care of us. And so there may be those, Lord, that have to, like the widow, give out of their need, and it might be small. And that is so good. Just show us, Lord, how to access our hearts so that we can give in a way that really honors you. And listen, maybe you're, you're watching and, 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 and you're not yet a follower of Jesus. I, I just, I want to help you here. Maybe you're feeling like, I can't focus on giving my resources because I don't even really have a relationship to the one that you're telling me to give to. Listen, I know you can't focus on giving your resources without first giving yourself to Jesus. And you know what? You're simply one heart-filled prayer away from a whole new eternity. So I just want to ask you, would you just right now, would you consider giving your life to Jesus Christ? Start by saying, okay, Lord, my first gift to you is my heart, is my life, is my future. I want to give it all to you, Lord. And I'm starting with my eternal life. Lord, would you take me? Would you, would you mold me and shape me? Would you make me who you've called me to be? Would you allow me to be reborn into a life with you? Would you allow me to put away the past and, and those mistakes and those poor choices and that, that, that rebellion? And let me come now and submit myself to you. Lord, I give you my life. If that's your prayer today, I want to ask you to do something. Something that's the very best next step you could take. And that is to text life to this number. I want to invite you in to a, a, a vibrant relationship not just with God, but with us, your church family. We want to support you. We love you. And we want to be there for you. We want to answer your questions and help you on your faith journey. If you're watching through Church Online, then you're going to see in the chat that there is a hand that you can click on and say, I am committing my life to Jesus. I want to encourage you, click that hand and let us interact with you. Let us connect with you. We want to help you. So church, family, all of you watching, I love you and I pray God's rich blessings on you as you enjoy the remainder of this service. We love you so much.